Welcome to the What the Data podcast with your hosts, Mitch and Leo. Hello, everybody. Today we have a special guest, Lorenzo. Mitch unfortunately couldn't join us because he is working with his neighbors on the kitchen to make sure that the renovation won't destroy any more of our podcasts. Lorenzo, hello. How's it going? I'm great. I'm great. Besides the fact that it started raining in Berlin, I guess summer is over, but I'm good. So Lorenzo, maybe you want to introduce yourself a little bit to the, to the listeners. Yeah, uh, I will try to do that. It, it's a bit difficult to introduce myself talking to you because, I mean, uh, we've been knowing each other for uh, a long time now. And I think I will start uh, from that point when I met you. I'm in Berlin since seven years almost, and I started working in the mobile industry uh, when I arrived here. First, it was a very small company. It was really the first experience. And then when I joined Lavu with you, Leo, I started seeing a lot of things that I was not aware um, were happening, actually. So I really started getting to know mobile marketing, app marketing, and all the things connected to the promotion of uh, uh, mobile applications. Uh, it was a nice moment because I met a lot of nice people, a lot of uh, uh, good people uh, that, as you guys can see, we are still in contact. Uh, but also I had the opportunity to uh, get a lot of knowledge on different things like uh, different channels, different uh, uh, strategies. And I got in love with data. I left Lavu at a certain point and I, I joined Zalando. Uh, I was still working for uh, mobile products, of course. After that, I went to uh, Free2Move. That is, um, uh, it, it was actually an aggregator of cash sharing services in Berlin. And there I was head of marketing and I was taking care of all the, uh, all, all, all the things connected to the promotion of the service. So uh, data still, of course. Uh, but it, it was a bigger uh, area of activities, not only the promotion like uh, on Facebook, social media and different channels, but also offline and branding and whatsoever uh, was connected. So that, that's uh, in a nutshell my experience. So tell me, why does companies uh, avoid using data to make decisions? So since I started being... Uh, a consultant, let's say, or since I started my own mobile marketing agency, I'm seeing things that I uh, didn't believe they existed. Uh, let me let me explain this for you. I think before, when we were working at Zalando, when we were working uh, at Lavu, at free to move I was living in a sort of bubble. And I think you are living in a sort of bubble and all the people that are working in the industry and they are called, let's say, experts are living in a bubble because we believe we believe that everyone has the same level of knowledge, the same level of interest, the same level uh, of expertise. Unfortunately, uh, this is not the case. So it's normal that if you only go to uh, mobile marketing events, data events, 
uh, app marketing events, you see people that are on the same level. So you see people that know uh, that know the, the shit. Sorry for the uh, sorry for the bad word, but that, that's actually uh, the case because everyone in the industry knows that uh, we should look at data for different reasons for. Uh, um, deciding where to put the budget for identifying and detecting fraud and for uh, all these kind of reasons. Unfortunately, there are a lot of startups, a lot of also big companies, to be honest, uh, uh, companies that maybe were traditional companies and they're moving to mobile, that they don't have uh, such expertise or such knowledge. So. I can I can make you a couple of examples, uh, of course, with some clients that at Replug we had um, during the past months. Like um, we are mainly working with uh, medium size medium size uh, startups and companies that are alive since a couple of years, maybe, and companies that they arrive at the point that they need to scale. Okay. And they they know how to do that, but they actually don't. So there was this uh, um, there was this company in Italy. Um, well, when we started working to do, together, they had been alive for uh, two years, let's say, and they had some kind of uh, history in terms of uh, users, in terms of uh, user acquisition, user acquisition activities, and so you. So what we did with them was uh, doing like kind of uh, uh, audit of all the money that they spent on, uh, on Google, all the money that they spent on Facebook, and the result was they didn't have any insights on how to scale now. Why? Because they were not using the MMP, for example. They were not using a, a Adjust or Apps Flyer to track their results. So. What, what we had to do is start from scratch, spending again some money, having some tests, showing them uh, what was going on, building a dashboard. And it, it was like nice to see their faces when they finally saw some data, some predictions, some, some forecasts and some behavior of the users. You know, you remind me your faces, guys, when I first showed you the dashboard. I totally recall my feelings of finally seeing what we were doing and not relying only on the uh, on the Facebook dashboard or uh, or other dashboards that were not reliable. But at Trovu, I uh, got to know what a cohort is, the cohort analysis, and I hated it so much. I would say, no, I don't want to use the cohort data because my my CPAs are worse than the aggregated data. And that's actually something that we are seeing again now with these young clients and clients that have no experience with dashboards. To use cohort, to monetize users in general and actually understand what is the value of a user, I don't think many companies have done it back then. Most of them still were in this uh, number of installs. While we had this, if you remember, the traffic light uh, that give you the quality of the users. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I think yeah, we we in this in this optic we were very cool because again, as you said, at that time it was really CPI scale, and this actually brings me uh, to another 
good usage of data that many companies don't know. And it's the usage for uh, identifying fraud. Why do you need to know about fraud? Because I think that if somebody's frauding you, so if you're using a network that's actually causing fraud, just don't use it. The, as I said at the beginning, we live in a, in a bubble. And out there, there are a lot of companies that are moving the first steps in mobile. And they go for easy things. And what we are seeing is that companies see this as a, an easy win. So I, I still remember... I still remember a conversation with some clients saying, uh, yeah, but we only pay for uh, uh, purchases. We only pay for signups. So we don't pay for installs. They don't care if this uh, affiliate network is sending like uh, millions of clicks. They, they don't care if they're sending uh, uh, fake installs. And they don't care. Actually, they don't know if this affiliate network is stealing uh, some organic installs. And uh, I'll make an example. So uh, we have this other client and we started working with them a couple of months ago and on, on CRM, so other things. And on the side, we say, look, we have experience with mobile marketing. We knew that they were buying on uh, affiliate and we said, you should stop. I mean, you should make a test. Uh, I need to make a premise here. I'm not saying that all the network traffic is bad. Of course, there is some good company. I'm just saying that we need to be careful. And now I'm explaining you why. So to this client, we were saying, let's check together the data. So they are not uh, paying for some uh, anti-fraud system. So they only can see some uh, organic data and paid data and it's difficult to show them what we know, right? So we just analyzed the organic traffic compared to the uh, affiliate traffic. And we clearly saw the, the affiliate traffic was stealing uh, some organic conversions. So again, without data, you cannot show these things to, to a company. Tell me, tell me one interesting thing. So... You said you were looking at the data and you actually saw that there is a strange activity on the organic. Mm -hmm. what, what, what raised your suspicion? You see the pattern, like there are things. If you want to have some uh, uh, proof, some data, you need to check on different things. You need to check like from the click to install time, that if it's too long or too short and it, it doesn't make sense. For some days, we had like uh, uh, 10,000 installs from this network and two first purchases. That doesn't make any sense. Like if you have 10,000 installs, you need to have a spike yeah. also purchases. So that, that again, uh, I wouldn't say that there is a certain number that you, you say, okay, this is something uh, uh, suspicious. It, it, you need to check the whole the whole environment, the whole figures, and, and try to understand. Uh, how can a client actually understand if, if the ad network is working for his advantage, so it's actually helping him? To see if the network is adding value. And there are different analyses to do. There are, for example, the incrementality analysis that uh, need to be done in order to understand if the, if the channel in general is adding value what you are spending to your organic 
traffic instead of stealing. So uh, this is the uh, the next stage, in my opinion, for uh, uh, for many companies and for the purpose of this conversation. Because uh, uh, I don't know many companies that are using incrementality analysis, and I think that many companies are not even uh, uh, ready to do that. Like. How can you think about doing an incrementality analysis if you don't know how to read your uh, data from the MMP, for example, or if you don't know what's fraud? So first you need to understand the basis, and that's what we are trying to actually do with uh, most of our clients. And then when they are ready for, when when they are aware that there is the problem of fraud, when they are aware that uh, you need to check the cohort data, when you are aware. Uh, that the data is the main thing for taking decision, then you move to the next steps and you go uh, into incrementality analysis and then you go into predictive models, STV and all the other things. That's my opinion. Like you cannot start from, uh, uh, from the stars. Most of the companies that you are meeting, so I know you're meeting quite a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. In what stage of data collection are they? Or what is the challenge actually that they're facing in, in collecting the data? Is it the uh, acquisition part? So they don't understand how they acquire the user, so they don't really collect the right data? Or is it coming from something else that's blocking them? It depends on the situation of different companies. Like there are companies that are really uh, behind and the idea of data, so they don't even have an MMP and they don't understand the need. What is an MMP? Ah, sorry. <laughs> you see, we live in a bubble <laughs> and we use acronyms that we believe everyone knows. Sorry for that. An MMP is a mobile measurement partner and it's something like Just or Supplier or Tune or Branch that you use to track your uh, uh, user acquisition activities and to distinguish organic traffic uh, from paid traffic, to see the events uh, on your app and to attribute these events to the right source of traffic and also to identify fraud <laughs> if you buy traffic on a PSN. <laughs> so this is an MMP. And as I was saying, there are companies that are that mobile companies, let me be precise, mobile companies that have only app as their services, they don't use MMPs. And there, uh, that, that, that's a dramatic situation because you need to explain the reason for implementing an MMP. Not everyone wants to spend like 100 bucks for an MMP at the beginning. So this is difficult. There are other companies that they are at the second stage, so they, they know that they need an MMP, they implemented the MMP at the beginning, they are collecting data, they just don't know how to use it. So we also do this kind of uh, services, like there are uh, some clients that say, okay, we have uh, thousands of users, we have collected data, what do we do with it? And this is actually a bit better because uh, those kind of companies are uh, more uh, open, let's say, to use data and they are willing to use data. They just uh, need someone uh, with expertise and with experience to tell them uh, which data to look at and uh, how to put it in a nice dashboard like Tableau or uh, Google Data Studio. It's, it seems like that, that a lot of uh, people really going crazy on Tableau after you really introduce it to them. But it's actually, that, that's actually something good and uh, 
in general, in my opinion, a channel manager, someone who is taking decisions, someone who is running campaigns, they really need to have a passion for data because otherwise, uh, without this analytical part, I think you cannot be a good channel manager. Like, I know that you will tell me that uh, automation and computers will solve this problem. <laughs> like, they know data and they can take better decisions. <laughs> we had this conversation many years ago, and I agree with you. You also know that I, I am a little bit less drastic than you. I still think that human touch is very important. So if you need to give a tip for a company now that listening to this podcast, uh, what data should they collect? So what should they actually start collecting if they haven't done it yet? Everything. Like since the impression to the uh, last conversion to the monetization. In my opinion, all the data is important because then according to your need, you will look at different kind of data, right? So yeah. you, you, you might think that uh, you don't care about impression and clicks, but still, again, for detecting fraud, you can look also at impression and clicks. Uh, one advice uh, I, I, I want to give to companies that are listening to this podcast uh, is to look at uh, one source of data. I mean, take one as... Uh, the source of truth. That doesn't mean col not collecting other data. So, I mean, collect all the data that you want, but say, okay, this uh, is the uh, truth and then compare it with other sources. Of course, that's something you need to do. But if you start taking the truth with different source of data, I, I, I guess you will agree with me, you will get crazy because you never know what's the truth and what's wrong. So, Lorenzo, Thank you very much for your time. We really like to have you here. No, thank you for inviting me. Uh, always happy to. If the renovation from Mitch uh, Kitchen of the neighbors won't finish soon, I think we can invite you again for another conversation because I think that you have quite a lot of data to share. Uh, and this is the amazing thing about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share, share. The data is important, okay? But it's not important if you don't share it. So until the next time, talk soon. Talk to you soon. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the What the Data podcast. 